What's up guys? It's the Audio Rambling Podcast and we're back again after another short break. Hello. <laughs> and here's Mark with me as always and yeah, so welcome back. Uh, our last episode was looking at Nam, and this one is going to be, well, we're not going to be looking at stuff, we're going to be talking. Yeah, so the last, well, the last two episodes have been about Nam, and we've it's been very sort of news heavy. Yeah. Um, and I... I do have lots more news to talk about, but I think we've done lots of talking about news. So, I'm going to suggest a slightly different topic. Um, for a bit of context, last year for my birthday, my wonderful girlfriend bought me um, five hours in a local recording studio. So, it, it's only been around like a couple of years, um, but it's a very nice place. I had a look on their website, their collection of gear, particularly their microphones, very nice. So, I've, I've got a few hours to use there, and I'm, I'm planning on using it over the summer, um, but I've got to write a song to yeah. record, um, obviously, um, and so it's got me sort of thinking a lot about songwriting, and I'd kind of like to make today a bit of a sort of songwriting special, um, as much for me to sort of like chew through what songwriting even means, how how do you even write a song? Yeah. Um, so let's start off with a deceptively simple question bit of definitions what is a song <laughs> okay we're getting really philosophical here today so what is a song i mean it's i would say yeah it's a piece of music just defined by i don't know when you put a certain length of time on it because you get very short songs i think it's, i would call it what a piece of music that has a start middle and end kind of like a story what? be it be it like five seconds long be it five minutes long you know well would you say that like an orchestral symphony that's a piece of music that has a beginning middle and end and it can even like have narrative structures obviously like the most famous example like it's like peter and the wolf um has definitely got a story going through it yeah um, even if you need a bit of narration to understand what's going on would that be a song it's it's an interesting one isn't it yeah because when you talk about orchestral pe- yeah you're talking about like symphonies and things I, and then they've got like movements within them. I don't know. It's it's clearly I I haven't looked. You'd have to look at I guess into the history of the word the term song. Because, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, that, yeah. No. Yeah. Because but you, we're using it for our. I think I think that the key thing, and I'm you know I'm largely basing this on the similar words. I think you have to be able to sing a song. So I think just for a start, I think we can discount instrumentals. Oh, see, uh, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I, think I, would call, a... I would personally call that instrument. I mean, I know they refer to it as instrumentals, but mm. I guess colloquially, you just say, "Oh yeah, it's a song." Oh yeah, listen to this song by this person. It's an instrumental kind of thing. You might put it on as a, mm. as a, as an after thing, but treat it as a song. But yeah, <laughs> but that, that that's. I think it, it's it's one of those things that means something different to it. You could yeah. ask like fifteen different people and get fifteen different answers. Because I, but I think so. The sort of definition that I kind of am sort of erring towards, and so yeah, I think a song ha- has to be sort of sung. I think that is it. But I also think a song is not just um, a song is sort of like almost the most abstract part of what you're you're listening to. I think my sort of working definition of a song is it's the bit that somebody else could cover. Okay. 
So I'm when I'm talking about a song, I'm not talking about arrangement. I'm not talking about like technical skill. I'm not talking about how well you sing it. I'm not, you know, talking about what instruments you're playing it on. So you're not talking writing music. You're talking writing a song. Yeah. Because because obviously, yeah, people write music and then music has different uses. But writing a song, you've got yeah. So then yeah, th- then I guess that changes a little bit. You make that differentiation between. Writing music, which could be anything like, yeah, like you said, like, you know, writing a symphony or writing even a piece of music for a movie or whatever, compared to, yeah, writing a song, like, yeah. songwriting, yeah. And that's especially, like, the way that I'm, I want this episode to be focused on, because I've, you know, like, we, so for context, Vish and I have just spent the afternoon having a jam, yeah. uh, it was great fun, and we made a lot of music, but I wouldn't call any of that a song. No, no, you're right, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think... So a song is going to be music, and it's it essentially it's that words and music thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think for both of us, the the music is the bit that definitely, certainly in that sort of amorphous form that happens in a jam, is the bit that is sort of fun and easy. And there are times when it, it's actually just easier to sort of pick up the guitar and play than to sort of sit and not let the music out. Yeah. Um, but the song is is something different that has to be crafted that has to yeah it has to have that beginning middle and end I think it has to have that sense of structure yeah I think from my point of view are you and this is like maybe how I would approach writing a song you start for me I start like jamming and trying to write some music so you know just jamming out some mm. ideas you might like you when you and I jam and probably when a lot of people out there jam that there, there might be an idea they start settling on a groove a riff or something and if you're if you're trying to do it organically and naturally, you might just like start playing and see where it advances, or you might record that bit and then come back to it afterwards, and then try and evolve that idea, or try and then try and maybe add parts to it, and it might be the central bit to your song, or it might be a intro or a riff that you think I can then build a song around, or I can evolve these ideas to turn into a song. So I think yes. you start off with writing music. At least, for, at least the way we approach it. Yeah. You know, uh, there's uh, there's a million ways to do it, of course. <laughs> Which is why we can devote a whole episode to it. Yeah. Um, but I, from my point of view, when I'm, I'm like, okay, trying to write some music, and then once there's some like cohesive ideas there, then you start the process of turning it into a song. Yeah. And maybe it's a bunch of ideas you try and glue together. You know, maybe you might have an idea, I might have an idea, and we try and see how we can fit those maybe on top of each other or how we can move from part A to part B or whatever it may be. And yeah, that's when, and then once, so once you start kind of, you've got those maybe like initial, initial idea or initial ideas, I think that's when it starts moving into the songwriting phase where you're trying to turn it into that cohesive piece of music where you, then you can have potentially like, you start thinking of structures and things like that. So you think like, okay, how many times are we going to play this bit? You know, is it going to go into what's the structure going to be then you might start thinking of like the verse chorus bridge thing, which i know we'll come to so yeah and then at that point you're like fully in like songwriting mode in my head yeah and i think that's definitely sort of what differentiates what we were doing today yeah with with songwriting and like there's a lot of the ideas that we came up with that if we'd have been in a different mood yeah we could have sat down and just focused on that idea and sort of see which other ideas stick to it until you have that structure yeah um but it yeah it's a it's not the same mindset, is it? No. It's a, de- a definitely different thing. Um, and yeah, no, we do, I think, almost always come music first, and that's definitely a part of how we approach it. And um, a part of what like spurned my mind thinking about this 
was a little while back, um, my girlfriend and one of her friends, who mm. they write sort of children's comedy stuff together. Right, yeah. Um, and they did um, a sort of little sort of series that um, went on Sky Kids. Oh, nice. Um, and they had like an Edinburgh show. Yeah, so they've, they've you know, been doing stuff and they decided they'd like to sort of write some songs for the kids. And they sort of... Now, neither of them play any instruments. Okay. Uh, they can both sing. Sure. But neither of them play any instruments. So they, they sort of sat down together and were discussing ideas and it was very much coming from a lyrics first. Okay, kind of yeah. Thing. Um, and because this is so different to how we've always worked... Um, this did surprise me, and I sort of like asked him a bit about this, and sort of uh, her friend um, was saying this is how he sort of um, done things before, and he sort of felt it's more like the sort of planning ahead sure. of, of what you're going to do. So you've got that sort of structure there from okay. the, the the words side before, and then setting that to music. So were they? Were they thinking of, because obviously they've got ideas for lyrics, but were they thinking lyrics and melody or just lyrics? Yeah, no, just lyrics. Just lyrics? Yeah. Okay. And, and they were coming at it from like a, a rhythmic point of view, but they weren't right. coming at it from a melodic point of view. That's really interesting, because when I, and there was a period in my life before I started picking up uh, instrument and playing it seriously, like when I was like 14, 15, 16, when I just used to sit and write lyrics. But I always used to have a, a melody in my head. Yeah. Like, I would like, it would, sometimes it would be like heavily influenced by whatever I've been listening to, but I'd be writing lyrics and down, and there'd be some, there'd be some kind of tune in the back of my head. That obviously all went a bit upside the other way around once I started like playing yeah. bass guitar and started like realizing I love jamming and stuff and I'd rather do the music bit first before the lyrics bit mm. kind of thing. But yeah, that's interesting, like, where it's just lyrics, not even melody. Well, the, the, yeah, well, the thing is that what ended up happening, that, so they, their plan. Uh, was to take it to a friend of theirs sure. who um, does make music. Um, but by the end of the sort of session, they'd ended up as something which... Well, they'd ended up writing a poem. Yeah. And neither of them quite envisage it not being a poem. Right, okay. Um, so it's it's the sort of thing... Well, I guess because it's like written in like... that. You know, you've got yeah, like... Verse it, was, it was a good could, poem. Yeah. Uh, but it's like... There's definitely like a whole different set of steps there to try and reverse engineer the music to fit it. And I think because we speak English every day of our lives, hmm. I find it easier to sort of rearrange words and mangle them to fit into the melody, yep. to just sort of rephrase a sentence, say it in a different way, to use different words to mean the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so to speak. Um, to do that rather than to try and get different melodies because the I don't know the, the sort of core of what the music is saying because it's coming from a more yeah I don't know I, it, I find the English language more flexible than trying to say what I want to say musically to fit the words yeah yeah no that's and the fact that I phrase that so badly doesn't quite <laughs> put across that idea of how easy the English language is to use but with writing I can you know like edit and go back and spend time on things I'm I'm improvising these sentences, audience, please forgive me. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, this discussion is not planned at all. We're not being even sitting there. We are just, like, talking about it. So it's, like, whatever comes out of our mouths. Kind of like when we can pick up our instruments. Yeah, like yeah. When we start off, you know, when we start off that, like, writing process or... When, usually, you know, and you and I, like, it's always been, like, jam first. Like, you know, let's just mess around, see what happens, you know, kind of thing. We've been in other situations where one of us 
has like had a very kind of like cohesive idea or been in bands where you know someone's got an idea and they've got almost a whole structure for a song you know and they've got some bits and then other people start adding bits in and I know we'll talk about that in a bit but yeah like we've always kind of been just mess around and kind of thing and partly because I mean let's go back to the start when you and I because when we started our first band together we were what like 16 yeah going on 17 you'd been playing guitar for a few years I'd literally picked up the bass um for like a few weeks and we very early on like literally I think from like day dot we both decided now we're gonna write our own stuff yes we don't know how we don't know like you know how to approach it or what we're going to do but we this is what we want to do we don't want to be a covers band because we were at school and there were quite a few um covers bands at the time you know and you know they enjoyed doing that but for me and i think and for you as well we were both in the mindset that we much would rather would like like to write some song and it was like we want to write songs it wasn't just music it was yeah we want to write some songs and maybe we can come up with a few songs and obviously have maybe a EP or an album eventually, but let's just start writing and it'll be fun and we'll like try and come up with all these songs. You're, you're underplaying our ambition. We totally wanted to conquer the world. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> we, wanted, we wanted the band but to yeah, go. But no, yeah, like, it was the, the thing where all the... There was, yeah, there was a handful of bands in, in sick form and, and most of them uh, were like playing songs by the bands they liked. Yeah. But all the bands that we liked wrote their own songs, so it just seemed really obvious to us that that was what we should do. Yeah, and I said as I've, like uh, you know, because I was a teenager, my views on that were pretty sort of like steadfast, <laughs> and, yeah. and that it's the only good version of a song is the one by the original. The only only good bands like write their own songs, covers are for pussies, you know. It's, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I, I was a teenager, uh, but I know that um, there is an art to a good cover version, and actually, a lot of that comes down to what makes a good song yeah and that actually it is it's almost the proof of a good song that you can do a good cover yeah definitely um and that that's kind of that what, what i was talking about earlier with the song being almost the ab- abstraction of of the piece and the, yeah that it's not there are plenty of um great pieces of music that i enjoy listening to that if i heard a busker playing i just look at him funny yeah um and there are also a few songs that actually the original performance is by a, a band whose style kind of grates on me and then I've heard a cover and it's just like, oh no, actually, that's a really good song. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't really listened to it properly before. Well, but... For me, like, and a version of that and a case in point <laughs> is, um, I mean, on YouTube, there's a guy, Frog Leap Studios, mm-hmm. yep. Leo, I can never say his surname right, but anyway, he's, his whole thing is he covers, like, pop songs and all kinds of songs in, like, that metal style. And now, he covered a song by Adele, Hello. I can't mm-hmm. stand Adele, you know, like, personally, not my kind of music. I don't really like the production or her voice. Yeah. And I generally find the songs are, like, any songs I've heard, they just sound really depressing to me. You know, not my kind of style and things at all. He did a cover of it, and just the way he kind of remade it into the style that he does, and with so much energy and everything, it was so catchy. He still got the vocal melodies and everything, but the way he sang it... The way he's kind of reappropriated the song and just not rewritten it, but well, kind of rewritten it, but you know, just especially the musical elements underneath, it just works for me, you know. And that's one instance where, yeah, the original, mm, no, but the cover version, oh yeah, yeah, no, because the the arrangement can be, can completely change while it's still being the same song, can't it? Yeah, 
And yeah, so like, I mean, yeah, going back to like when you and I had first decided, right, okay, we're going to start writing some songs. And we were coming from a position of like absolute, you know, we were so like kind of like green and just so new to it. It was like, well, how do we start? And, you know, you obviously had some theory behind you, which was good because you could at least kind of figure out maybe maybe what chords to kind of play, chord sequences and things and what might work. I remember, like, it was just like we were list- we what we were doing what we still do now. just listening to some songs and stuff. And at the time, we were listening to like stuff like Nirvana. And I think like the first song we actually wrote, literally, um, we kind of took those the main chords to "Smells Like Teen Spirit" yeah. and you started like playing them as arpeggios yeah. and adding like maybe a couple more notes in. So it got had kind of this really kind of dark tone to it. And yeah, it was like so this proper grungy kind of song that was hot, like you know repurposing like the power chords from from the violin but it was just like we, that that was starting point and i remember it was just like you were playing those chords and then you started like arpeggioing them it's like you were like oh that sounds cool and we both were kind of like oh that sounds good maybe we can use that for something and it's like okay well and that's where and it's kind of like still the same much as like oh there's an idea yeah let's let's start let's use that let's play that a few times so we've got it and then we can start working on it that's literally how it started started off for us. Mm. You know, that was our songwriting process there. Yeah, and it's it's like it's that um, the this you need that something for everything else to coalesce around. Yeah, and I, 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 the other thing, do you remember what that song was called? Paper Tiger. Yeah, and that like this is a, a good indication of sort of like we were both a, a pair of just like. Fairly generally happy teenagers, you know, nothing, nothing too wrong. exciting going on. Just, just a couple of kids, yeah. Uh, and we basically had nothing to say. Is the point? So we that title just came from opening the dictionary. <laughs> Do you remember? We like, yeah. like flicked through, we found a phrase that we liked, yeah, and then like we looked up the definition and then just sort of like made up some some lyrics sort of along those themes. I can't remember any of the lyrics. No, neither neither can yeah. I. I can I can just about remember like. The song out of push. It was so long ago, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, and it, it was literally that. Yeah, we we weren't like. I mean, yeah, of course, like you're sixteen, seventeen. You still got that angsty teen vibe about you. But in terms of like, yeah, we we had like pretty solid upbringings. Yeah, you know, yeah no, know. no hardships in life. So it's just like, yeah, we couldn't use that that like kind of like. So we had angst, but it wasn't real. But, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, it, it wasn't real. It's just the angst of being a teenager. And you think that you know, like, yeah, the world's against you. It doesn't get you really, but. Really, you know, we we had like pretty good, like we had very very good upbringings and yeah. stuff. So yeah, so it was just like yeah. So we were just kind of like, okay, this is what we'll try and do, and like it was about like trying to tap into like okay, these are some of our favorite bands, and trying to tap into that energy as well, and being like, okay, cool, you know, and very much like, oh, they do that thing, that sounds pretty cool. Can we try and do something like that? It was just, I think that was the starting point, and that might that's probably a lot of starting a starting point for a lot of like bands, oh, you know. Hell yeah. You do get like some bands with some kids who are like, kind of like they know what they're doing and they've been learning music for a long time and whatnot. But and th- the good thing was that you had the theory behind you, so you were able to help lead the way. Because I was just like I was literally just trying to learn and figure out how to just play the bass guitar yeah. full stop. I mean, I was keeping it really, really super simple kind of thing, you know, and just trying to get used to like playing <laughs> playing a musical yeah. instrument, let alone like trying to like come up with like you know ridiculous like bass lines and stuff but yeah and it, it was just it was just one of those things and it's like okay this kind of works and this is how we'll move forward with trying to write other songs and whatnot you know so yeah that's how we started yeah 
Um, no, I like the idea of going through chronologically. Before we do that, though, I kind of I want to get to one of the things that I've been yeah, yeah, thinking about. Yeah, go for um, it. Because it's it's a sort of lens that I, I would like to then go chronologically yeah, yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, Jump. And the idea that there are sort of two kinds of songwriting. Okay. Well, yeah, um, I do want to talk, yeah, about, yeah, potentially, like... Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, go for it. And obviously, when I say two kinds... I it, it I'm talking about a binary, but really everything is a, a spectrum, and yeah. any any individual songwriter is going to be somewhere along this. But there's a, a few different ways of approaching it. It's it's uh, planned or spontaneous, um, or like um, deconstructed or holistic. But I think I basically want to sort of phrase it as easy and hard. Okay. Yeah. In that there are some songs that do just flow out. Um, yeah. And that can be, you know, if the, the way we've been doing it, the music might just sort of flow out in a jam and then it's just a question of, of just sort of like banging the lyrics out and, and then you, you sort of look up and you've got a song. Yeah. And that kind of songwriting, there's not much to discuss. It's... It just there, happens there in is, the moment. Yeah, all the, all the theory and everything is brought to it, but at, in the actual moment of it happening it's just happening and it's it's that sort of flow state and that's great um yeah i think i think what happens is so like sorry so like you kind of yeah you start you just like start jamming out and you feed off each other and it's like you come up with something and someone else like, oh that sounds cool and then you know like you it, I'm, we're probably talking like a whole band setting say in a rehearsal oh, room but that's one, one way yeah. of doing it or, yeah. or even just like two of you two or three of you even you know and like next thing you know you got the the whole, pretty much the whole song. Sometimes then, eventually down the road, you might just go back, like at the recording stage, just where you might. Sure, go no, and a, like, arra- yeah. Arrangement is a different thing. Yeah. We've already that's sort of arrangement, instrumentation, tone. Those are all sort of separate yeah. things that that come later. Um, the other sort of instance where you get that sort of easy songwriting is that can happen if you are writing by yourself, and I mean it's like easier for me as a six string guitarist that that is a more natural. Pardon me, a more natural accompaniment to to singing, and so there've been times when I've just sort of like been playing guitar, and a song just sort of happens, and it's yeah, um, and the the music and the lyrics come at the same time, and are so sort of like closely intertwined that you know dissecting that isn't really helpful. That that just happens. So that's that's one end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, the other end of the spectrum is the the hard songwriting, <laughs> and that is when you maybe have that initial idea comes easily yeah um and then it's but then it's the the work of of bringing all the other ideas to that and the trial and error and the thing or other types of songwriting might be that you have a sort of vague idea of a of a sound that you want um and need to sort of write something to go with that and that's actually kind of the situation i'm in with the song that i have to write i kind of know I have an idea of the sort of arrangement that I want. I know the sort of sounds that I want to use and it's kind of writing a song that will suit those things. Um, or it can be that you have something that you want to talk about. You sort of, if you are coming at songwriting from that point, of view, yeah. you have something to say and you you need to sort of find the best vehicle to say that. So th- there are all these reasons why a song might be worth writing even if it doesn't come easily. But those are the songs where you have to put the time in where you have to use different techniques and I, I you know I've, I've 
classify this as one kind, but this is where there is that million different ways to approach yeah. it. And I, I think... Yeah, do you think... I, this literally just come into my head. And part... Uh, do you think there's more of this kind of writing that goes on, especially in, say, the last 15, 20 years, because... And this has a big part to do with it, is technology. The fact that now it's especially a lot easier to just record an idea and hold it, be it on your phone, be it on mm. whatever, and you've got it there, so then you can try and like develop it over some time. Whereas, I don't know, maybe going back, like way back in time when it was literally like you were going to you were going to go into a studio and it was just like you were going to record it, or you were like you'd have to all like play live together and then you'd like just do the recording there and then there wasn't that chance of like unless you were like let's say musically trained you could like kind of like notate it all down mm. you know if you were like I don't know a band in the 60s or something you had a song you kind of maybe played it together in a rehearsal room but then you have to just you kind of just had to go in there and then just start you know you might occasionally have an idea just lying around in the back yeah, of your yeah. head but it would always be up to you to, to remember it there weren't there, were, there weren't many ways to just constantly capture and remember the idea until like you had like I don't know the cassette recorder at home really when you could just like yeah. press record and then maybe like you know oh I've got this idea I'll just like do a rough recording so I can at least remember it and come back to it another day you know because you hear you hear and you and I have done this both loads and we know loads of our friends who have um, and there's loads of bands that we listen to and artists who like yeah I had this idea recorded like absolutely years ago and now I'm coming back to it. And I mean, one, one of the bands that I hear about this a lot is, um, and a band I listen to a lot is Periphery. Like, cause originally the band was just, uh, it started off as Misha Mansell, his own project. He used to just write loads of riffs, I think under the name Bulb and used to just put them out online. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, and literally most of the first two Periphery albums are like, his riffs, a lot of the riffs that he came up with, and then once the other two guitarists came in and the rest of the band, they added more stuff to it. But he's had some of these riffs and ideas lying around for absolute years. Like, I know um, he was, uh, he's he, like, you know, he's done some interviews stuff and before, and there's, I think, one of the songs on their album, Periphery 3 Select Difficulty, which came out in 2016. And he said, like, one of the ideas that the guitarist Jake put, or the riff that Jake came up with, was one of these ideas that he'd had when they first met. So it's like kind of like, oh, maybe they recorded it and just had it there and yeah. like, kind of holding it and it's come back. So the whole technology thing has clearly, I, I, mm. I like to think it's had a, bit, a big effect on how you do that that side of things, that, that other spectrum of songwriting. And it's something that's become more prevalent in the last 15, 20 years because you and I have done it we've like recorded a riff and then had it lying around for like a year two years or whatever and then do you know like, what are you talking about yeah. we're always really quick and efficient with everything <laughs> we do I, I wish <clears throat> <laughs> but clearly yeah. you know but going back in like 40s 50s 60s I don't know like would you have just yeah. well I mean well I, I think yeah it's definitely changed the way that that we do songwriting and um, like if you listen to sort of like demo versions from older bands, generally speaking, they've written a song and are just doing a rough recording of it. Yeah. Whereas the sort of demo versions that we end up with nowadays are often an integral part of the songwriting process. That yeah. You, um, actually, George is a great one for this of like laying down a part and then laying down another part and then laying down another part until he's got a yeah. song. And it, that's like a definite way of working. 
or you might lay down all of one instrument if you've got like an idea for um, a bass line but you don't yeah. know what goes with it um, and then you you sort of like work and, and build it up um, so it's definitely changed I mean obviously there are other ways you, you either have to yeah hold it all in your memory which doesn't suit everyone you can write things down um, and in fact I've 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 got with me a, a couple of um, little notebooks that I've used in the past for for songwriting, and it's a lot of it is just sort of like dodgy tab um, <laughs> that I mean I could I could have a go at playing, but it would definitely not be what I had originally envisioned. Yeah, and I know um, like some guitarists like doing the whole tabbing thing might tab stuff out even at first they might have an idea then they might start tabbing it out in like guitar pro or something like that you know using different tools as well to help them and there's like yeah loads loads of different ways i know like for me usually if if once i have an idea if it's something that just comes straight out my head and i'll quickly i'll quickly try and transcribe it on bass and just try and have whatever's in my head down into so that i can actually hear it and try and figure out how to play it and then usually it's the straight the first thing is i just i've got a recording app on the phone like probably lots of people have just hit record try and just record even like 30 seconds i've got like stuff on my phone that is going back like two three years that i still haven't turned into (laughs) into a whole song but 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 the idea is there but yeah it's it's just you know that way of like capturing the initial idea before you kind of uh, start evolving it into a full-blown song um you know and that's where again like we will i know you and i will always try and get like the instrumentation side of things done first before we even attack yeah lyrics you might because you know we've both written and i know at a certain, I'm, I'm at a point where i'm just doing more instrumental stuff but you know when we've gone into like writing a song we have we've been like right we need to think of like maybe like verse chorus bridge what we're going to do structure wise Obviously, when it's instrumental, we're a little bit more. We can we can be a little bit more freeform with it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 see, this is this is one of the things that varies. So, um, a good example in play, uh, playing in circles, and this is a quite a way of writing a song is um, uh, our life on CCTV. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where that was a song where we had a riff or two. And I think we had recorded some of it, but we definitely didn't have the whole structure. Yeah. Um, and I think I was like chatting with George, and we were we were trying to work out what the song should be about. Um, and I, I think the question I asked, because you know, obviously, if, if he was going to be seeing it, I mean, some like emotional feel or something that made him angry, um, and he came up with. Actually, no, sorry, we definitely recorded some of it, so that, that is relevant. <laughs> um, uh, and he came up with CCTV. And something right. just pissed him off. Um, so I, I went home and I, I wrote a whole thing about CCTV. Um, and the reason I know that I had, that we had definitely recorded it, was because I wrote it with the music playing. So this is, was a situation where I was going just pure words... Um, but I had the music there sort of subconsciously influencing what you're my, my rhythm and my cadences and that sort of thing. And I actually like wrote it as a big old block of prose with, with the intent of then sort of like cutting it down and taking bits from it and rearranging it and using it as a sort of like source material 
for the for the song. Yeah. Um, but apparently, because because I was listening to it, it it did sort of have the right vibe for music. And George was like, "No, I can sing that." <laughs> um, and so the song itself is is probably longer than it ought to be because we we kept all the verses. Um, but because it was written as prose, it meant that the it wasn't didn't have the the sort of verse chorus structure. It was just written as paragraphs. And so in the actual song, uh, we do have a chorus as well. Which we, so we we wrote a separate chorus. Yeah. That that sort of fit into it, and that was more coming as a sort of like lyrical kind of thing. And the verses the. St- like when we had to record the structure, the verses were just as long as they needed to be to get in all the words. Um, and it's not a way of songwriting that I would necessarily recommend because, like, the fact that that worked is ridiculous. It's you kind of done something there where you've got an idea and a song, then you've written some words which were originally going to then be like maybe cut down and remolded into lyrics, but George has gone ahead and turned them into lyrics. So then you've gone and. What you've got with the song, you've then remolded and just reshaped that so that it then can ac- accommodate what you've written, like you know the prose that you've written. Yeah. So you, you know you're kind of like almost you got one bit there, then you're doing this bit, and then you kind of like just reshape that bit to kind of like for both of them then to be able to fit fit together. There. Yeah. Because the instrumental idea, even though it was most of it was there, it wasn't like set in stone. There wasn't like right, we're you know the verse is going to be like four bars or eight bars or whatever. Yeah, exactly. you know? we, we had like the chord sequences, we had the riffs, we knew sort of how we were going to play them. Like, we might have even had an idea for the outro, but we, we didn't have, you know, we'll play this bit this many times and then play that bit that many times and then go back to the first bit. We, we just sort of had the bits. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until we had the lyrics to, to fit them into that we then ended up with, with a structure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think I remember that because yeah, you guys. And it, I mean, that was before you sort of joined. Yeah, band, so I think you you did come along later that evening and, and hung out because yeah, yeah, because you know we're friends as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you, you you weren't actually around for the actual songwriting. No, no, no. Uh, I remember like because by the time I'd come in, George had already like repurposed or <laughs> just used everything you've yeah. written, and it was like, I, 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 obviously, and you were like, oh yeah, no, that wasn't actually meant to be the like final lyrics, but they've become it, and it worked, you know, George managed to fit in really, really well. I think the one song on the Playing in Circles EP that, there's, there's two, but one that's definitely kind of fits that more kind of um, traditional structure, and definitely has the kind of traditional song, songwriting vibe about it, is uh, Crossroads and Illusions. Which is because it, I th- it it works a lot more like a traditional rock song. Mm. You know, it works like a traditional kind of grungy rock song. It probably goes on a bit longer than than, than like say a rock song because it's what just over five minutes or everything. By the time you've got the bridge, the solo, um, yeah, you know, um, and the bridge has got a few different bits, and there's 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 a couple of like other other bits in it as well, a little breakdown. But that's like that's one song where. I think that the, the the structure was like you guys wrote all the instrumentation and everything and had the structure there, and then the lyrics got written afterwards. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. I'm trying to remember whether. Yeah, no. So we, I feel like the the structure came in the sort of demo process. Yeah. So this was the sort of thing we were talking about a minute ago. That I think we had some riffs, and I I think. Like work, like the actual process of working out how long each bit should be came in making the demo, and then George wrote the lyrics for that one. Yeah. Um, and then 
and then obviously I you know came in and we sort of like worked together to do the final polish on them but yeah the I think the structure was done in the demo process for that one and that's that is how a lot of our sort of you know songs work when we're playing when we're just jamming you can have a much more flexible structure because you can play off each other and 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 move back and forth and, and it doesn't matter if there's no beginning or end because nobody's listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can just kind of like go over the idea so many times and it's either you might naturally evolve the idea or someone might be like, no, this is a cool idea. Let's like kind of commit to it. Yeah. And either let's try and write the next bit or let's record a bit of it so that we've got it there that, that we can then sit down and work out the next bit. You know, sometimes it just naturally evolves. You just kind of like, someone does a chord change or a key change. You're like, oh, yeah, actually this works. Just, you know, yeah. keep doing it. Or you're just like, right, let's commit to this idea. We'll just play it a few times and try and figure out what's next or record this bit so that we can then jam with it and then try and like work out that next part to it. You know, because again, going back to the technology thing, songwriting now, especially nowadays, can be quite modular, you know. And I, I know we've, different projects, we've worked in different ways and like sometimes we've been, sometimes we have been really quite modular on stuff. I know I can be, you know, there's an idea here, right, let, let me, you know, or sometimes it's like there's an idea here I'm just going to keep like playing some other ideas and seeing what fits with what and like almost like a jigsaw puzzle kind of thing which, some, I, which you've you know. quite a few times gone very structure first by writing the drums yeah um, so using um, uh, an online uh, not an online uh, in the box um, drum writing software to, and then laying all that out first and then writing the bass line over it and then We'd come or in kind of doing that. both almost at the same time. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, having a baseline and then and just playing it there so that I've got it in time. So I'm like, right, this is my tempo, and then like, and then trying to kind of make sure they both kind of like, yeah, fit. And yeah. it's almost like trying to try, doing both at the same time, trying to weave in and out so that they kind of get close to each other or whatever. And then yeah, and so the, yeah, the drums and the bass there are setting the structure, and then it's like I I brought it over to you guys, and then it's like have at it or, mm. might, or, or sometimes it might be like and this is again another part of songwriting again in bands and projects where then I might be like oh I've got this idea if you if you guys might be able to do something like this on this on this riff because I've had this idea in my head and you know and then obviously you, would, you guys will come up with something and be like okay yeah yeah that, that sounds even better than what I'd thought of or whatever or maybe let's go this way and then it starts becoming that collaborative process and it's almost like each person like kind of writes their own bit and it gets influenced by what's already there so you're kind of like just building on top of each other kind of thing i know um i know like and this is uh, with some of the existent zero stuff i mean most of it was instrumental but there were there were a couple of other songs that had lyrics but especially when you did the orchestral mm. kind of stuff you were you were building off whatever the bass the drums had done and whatever george had done funny enough the one track that was, it kind of came up us jamming and organically was the first track, Invention Theory, because I the only thing I brought in was literally some really simple programmed double bass and just some really simple synth that was just kind of like just holding kind of chords. And next thing I know, we're, we're kind of jamming something. You had this really cool riff with some delay on it. George had something with some delay. Yeah. And then I, 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 I and literally I remember jamming it in his room yeah. And we had a whole, like, three-minute song formed. Well, we... The the title, at least... So, the, the, the little notebooks that I have with me, I when I was clicking through them a minute ago, I did spot the phrase, Invention Theory. Yeah. Uh, 
so it was uh, yeah August 2010. God, so long ago. Um, but I, I think a lot of what you're saying there is getting into the arranging yeah. side of it. So I, it can it can like cross over. Yeah, there's that, and I I know for me personally, I blur those lines a lot. Yeah, you know. But I, but I think it's interesting because it's even though I am classifying the arranging as conceptually different from the song. I think when, certainly the way that we write, mm. when we're writing, that distinction isn't there. Yeah. That's a distinction I'm adding in for now the, yeah. to, to sort of like streamline this discussion a little bit. Yeah. Um, but in in the actual process, we are, well, I mean, like first and foremost, we're musicians. I, I think we're not, we don't think of ourselves as songwriters, we think of ourselves no. as musicians. Yeah. Um, we are musicians who write songs, and if, if that makes us songwriters, then that makes us songwriters. But that's not the the way we're thinking. And so, the the little twiddly details and the riffs and the the overall arrangement is definitely at least as high in our mind as the things like the chord progressions, the structure, what the melody is going to be. The, as I say, the bits that somebody else could cover. Yeah. yeah, we're not so much worried about that in the moment. I think that's probably true of a lot of people writing songs. Not all. I think, especially for, like, professional songwriters who are intentionally writing for other people. Yeah, I've always found that that whole professional songwriting thing really fascinating, in a way, because you, you hear of, like, obviously, one of the most famous ones is Elton John. I always forget the name of the per- the guy who wrote, like, some of his biggest songs, and the guy was, like, just a machine. Mm. He just wrote hit after hit for, for Elton John. Okay, of course... Elton John still had to go and like perform them and everything, but just that idea of like this person's like able to write this whole song that then someone else is able to perform, and then you know it's this massive hit. And what well, probably one of the most famous songwriters of the last five, ten years, ten, fifteen years, ten years in the pop world is like Lady Gaga. Apparently, yes. she she wrote a lot of the hits for like Britney Spears and stuff, and she was like the one who was writing all these hits, and then she decided, well, you know. I can do this myself and create my own kind of, you know, persona and be able, you know, if I can write songs for someone else, I can write songs for myself. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know her story that well, but I know that, you know, she had written a lot of like very, very popular pop songs for Britney Spears um, and maybe and a, a number of others as well. And I think Kanye West was the same as well. He came up like, you know, it, he made his name like again, writing a lot of songs and like writing a lot of like, like rap and hip hop songs for for other people, and then he kind of like struck out on his own. And because he's got the talent there of already writing songs, when like these guys released their first albums, they became absolutely huge. Mm. You know, people already knew about them, but also just because you know they they were able to do the songwriting bit and then also perform it as well. Uh, but I've always thought, I've, for me personally, I've always thought those are kind of like intrinsically linked. But obviously, in the pop world, they don't necessarily have to oh, be. No. You know, and I've always find it fascinating. How how do you even approach that? How does it work? You know, it, in the case of, um, you know, is it like oh, sit in front of a piano, write some lyrics, try and just come up with some melodies and structures, and then you got an idea there and away you go, kind of thing. And you know, yeah, I, mean, I think this is another one of those instances where the modern world makes it different. Yeah. In that, um, you know, a, a lot of the... Like, I really doubt Kanye West sat in front of a piano 
<laughs> I really doubt it. He probably, it's sat, probably in front, sat, sat in front, like, yeah, some, like, keyboards and stuff, and yeah. But probably sat in front of the door. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it yeah. was, was going to be, like, software. And obviously, these are sort of Pro, like yeah. different musical tools, but these are also ones that are that step closer to what the recording is going to be. And yeah. so, I, you know, I, I have to say, I don't know much about the story, but I wouldn't be surprised if the songs he wrote featured a lot of, like, uh, beats and arrangements that did end up in the final one. But so, th- which is, is a slightly th- different thing from your sort of more old school songwriter who would sit in front of a piano, even if the, the final production is, um, you know, like orchestral or a, a surf band or whatever. Yeah. You know, the person actually writing the song might not be using the same tools and certainly not the actual um, actual sounds that he is hearing or she is hearing while they are writing those songs would not in the past have necessarily at all been the sounds on the record. Even yeah. if it was that he they were playing a piano writing it, Elton John is obviously going to play the piano very differently from anybody writing Of course, his yeah, songs. yeah. He's, he's a pretty good pianist, is that Elton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, and uh, I mean, especially, yeah, in the rap, in the rap and hip-hop world, it's all about, like, yeah, creating those beats and stuff and, you know, you, you start creating them and then, you know, I've, I've seen... And that is the situation where you just, where... Uh, um, my definition of a, a song becomes useless because actually those things are inseparable. But yeah, uh, because I, I've seen but things. Yeah, I've, I've like I've seen things like obviously like you know with documentaries and stuff like Dr. Dre's like being like writing out beats and he's got an idea. Actually, to be fair to Dr. Dre, he can he usually works out some ideas on the piano first and then starts okay, taking yeah. it into the door and then he'll he'll get a drummer in to record the drums and stuff. He's very very kind of like tries to keep it you know, not going all the time to, like, the automated thing and stuff. And, again, he's, like, he's come in and, like, written whole loads of, like, beats and tracks and then mm-hmm. had, like, other artists, like, come in and, and do and, like, then rap over, like, tracks and stuff and, you know, and whatnot. And um, I think, like, he you know, he's worked heavily with some, some artists that he signed up, like, especially Eminem on his first couple of albums and whatnot, you know, where he's in tr- massive part of the right... He's not only producer but also helping to write those bits and like the collaborative process. So yeah, like that's a different like side in, in the genre, but you're right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're sitting down a lot more in front of their door and stuff, you know, and kind of messing around maybe with like synth, you know, VST instruments and synths and stuff and trying to maybe lay down those like kind of like stuff on the synth pad and then just building it up yeah. up from there in the studio, in the session, the kind of thing, mm. you know? So it's just, it's just another, because of course different genres, different you know have yeah. their own different ways of like writing music and stuff and i know you and i come from like the rock metal background where it's always like you know a lot more it's just kind of like you do it all yourself like every you know you try and do as much of it yourself um you know uh you, and you kind of then it, it yeah with with a lot of bands and you go right into the like you know you, you might come up with the idea as a band or there might usually there's with a lot of bands like that, we we might follow stuff. There's usually like the one or two guitarists or someone who usually comes up, writes the riff and stuff, and yeah, and then it kind of develops, and then they go into the studio and they'll have a bunch of ideas, and eventually, you know, a demo, take it into the studio, and then record it. Final thing yeah. comes. It's, it's kind of weird though because <laughs> when I was a kid growing up, I always used to think the front man or the person who's the singer wrote the song just because I was so young and my understanding was like, well, that's the person who's doing the singing and stuff and that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because I had no concept of, oh yeah, there's a guitarist, there's a bassist there, you know, not like when you're like that young. So I always just thought, oh, it's the person who you're hearing 
who's doing all the like singing is a person who writes the song. That makes sense, doesn't it? You know, yeah. I, I just never used to think, oh yeah, there's there's those people who are playing the instruments, like you know, they're the ones who are actually like, <laughs> you know, writing writing the song kind of thing. So it's just obviously the understanding kind of got a lot as you grow older and you start realizing how a band functions and whatnot. But yeah. It's interesting to like what my thoughts were there as a kid as well. Yeah, no, and definitely sort of writing with other people in mind. Um, that yeah, certainly sort of like in playing in circles, we've always well generally there's been like a collaborative element to the lyrics, even if it wasn't necessarily. Yeah, and then whoever was singing it was singing it. Um, yeah, it was usually like yeah. I, did, I depending on the song and the vibe of it, it was either you or George, depending on like, you know how or you two. A lot of the songs is just both of you are singing like either at different points in the song or together, and it just it's about like how the song's feeling and you yeah. know what the particular subject matter of the song is because you know it, it was like quite malleable. There wasn't like oh yeah, George is definitely going to like sing this song or like you know or this that or the other it just generally there were certain songs that lent themselves to obviously one of you two singing like okay uh, I've forgotten the name of the, the the song that we called Dark Riff for Bloody Ages um, I mean I it's, it, I feel like didn't in the end didn't we release it as Dark Riff I thought yeah or was did we release it as Live Your Lie I can't remember it should have been just left as Dark Riff because I feel was, like we we were we decided to call it Live Your Lie because that was one of the lyrics, and then I think at the last, I'm gonna to have to check it up now. Hang on, it's 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 basically one of those things. So this is by the time, just to give people some context. Yeah, you, while you know, while Mark's looking it up, you know, this this was like the off the playing in circles EP. This was like the one full blown like metal track, and this is at a point by the time I was in the band as a bassist, and our mate Dan was the drummer, and it was so the one metal track, but it had just. I think when you guys had first started writing it, because it was so much more darker and heavier than anything you guys had written, just we always referred to it as Dark Riff. It was like, we didn't have really a name for it. And for ages, it was just an instrumental for a long time. And we would just play it until, I think, until George wrote the lyrics for it. And so... I don't know, we did call it Live Your Lie. There we go. We called it Live Your Lie, but for so long, and we only called it Live Your Lie right at the end when we, we couldn't, none of us could kind of, figure a, a, a name for it, a suitable name. So we just referred to it as Dark Riff for so long as it became Dark Riff. But yeah, going back to the whole songwriting thing, that was one where, yeah, George had written the lyrics and because it it was obviously kind of a metal track and it was going to have aggressive vocals and George is quite good at his aggressive vocals, it was always going to be George who was going to do the, yeah. do, do the vocals. And it kind of made sense. He wrote the lyrics to it. You know, uh, he can he's able to do that. I provided some backing vocals and stuff on it, you know, uh, just to kind of like add some more dynamics. And you did some, you did backing vocals as well on like harmonizing. Yeah, no, you're, you're missing half the story with the the lyrics side of it. Um, Be- uh, uh, probably because yeah, I, I don't yeah, think no. some of it might have been written before I even was. No, I have, I can't remember really. So, so long ago. <laughs> uh, George wrote the the first set of lyrics for that song. Um, but this was at a time when he'd been sort of going through some some personal issues with a girl like she was 
not good enough for him. He should never have got that hung up on her. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, he was in a bad uh, headspace. Yeah, yeah. He was in a bad headspace. Um, and it, like, had ended up having similar um, sort of themes to Crossroads and Illusions. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, had some of those sort of themes of, you know, sort of moving on from from someone that they had, you know, cross paths with people. And his lyrics ended up having a, a sort of similar vibe to that. Now, everything else on the album was completely different to everything else. Um, like, th- that album... Um, but yeah, the, the, the EP yeah. is... It, it crosses, like... Multiple, multiple genres. So yeah, like just going through it, there is so Crossroads and Illusions. As I say, is that it's that more sort of like rock personal? Well, just like thematically. Thematically, yeah. Ignoring like the genres from it because, as I say, genre is not part of the songwriting. That's true. Um, so that that one was more that sort of personal, interpersonal kind of thing. Uh, Infinite Azure is about the sea. Um, <laughs> the Hovering Clown is an instrumental. Uh, as as is Love Thermometer on Fire. Dead Jack Saloon we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, and then Live Your Light. So was going to have like, those similar uh, lyrical themes. And I, I didn't want that. So I sort of rewrote his lyrics um, in a more sort of political way. Um, so, I mean, it, it is... Uh, it's not a sort of like specific um, politics but it's just sort of taking that anger of the metal as just, just general fuck you to those in authority. Yeah, it's um, not like full-on rage against the machine kind no, of like no, that, that, that level of politicalness, you know. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's taking that anger and yeah, the um, kind of dark fight. But so, yeah, so it was... But I very much, like, used his vocal patterns. So I, I could not say that I wrote the lyrics. It was very much a sort of rewriting, that it was, it was taking... That he had sort of found, um, like a, a set of sounds that you make with your mouth that worked with the sounds we were making with our guitar, and it was trying to sort of change the words in a way that he'd got those aggressive melodies in place. Yeah, yeah no, so, like he had written a, a totally working song. I just, I, I wanted it to be about something different, so I, I changed the words to make it about something different. But as I say, it was very much sort of following. The, the structure that he he'd left, yeah. which was a again, like I think we're sort of showing how much we approach songwriting as a collaborative thing, yeah. Um, which probably explains why <laughs> when I've got a big bit of songwriting I want to do, that I need to talk about it with you. Um, and I suppose uh, uh, well, let's talk about like songwriting as an in- individual for a bit actually, because yeah, I, I think this we. Yeah, we've we've talked a lot about collaboration, and I want to sort of contrast, um, like in terms of sort of like my some of my solo songs. There's a bit of a sort of like mix of stuff. The sort of last EP I released a couple of years back, um, that was all like written and recorded live over the space of a couple of weeks. So it was much more towards that sort of spontaneous, easy songwriting. So most of the songs were, were really just like, right, I'm going to write a song today. I, I picked up the guitar and it and just sort of had an idea and, and just sort of like, goofed classic, off. It's, yeah. it's not, you know, 
Um, there's, I think, one song on there that comes onto the sort of like uh, hard category, um, and that was just sort of one that did that thing where it started attaching other ideas to it, and it was supposed. Yeah. I I was like I I'd very much intentionally set out on writing a bunch of easy songs, and this one bloody song. Um, I, I thought I could I could write a review of a comic. I thought that would be a nice sort of goofy thing to write an easy song about, but it turned out to be a really good comic, um, <laughs> and and it sort of and therefore this this who wants to who wants to write a song about a good review? It's so clearly the bad review is going to be the easy one to write about, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, but it, it it just meant that because the the comic was um, so sort of rich and sort of dense that that trying to sort of write a song about it ended up attaching a lot of other ideas and that song then ended up being the most complicated one to write and the one that actually possibly like the other ones I think I I was sort of I wrote them down as an aid for memory rather than an aid for writing yeah and we were using this phrase writing a lot which is obviously specifically the word refers to putting words on a page yeah um, whereas actually a lot of what we're talking about there isn't necessarily a page involved. Um, no. And, and I, in some cases, it is, as I say, for memory. But, yeah. I, I think part of that is because while you and I have done vocals in bands and you obviously sing over a lot of your... a lot of your own stuff, you've done a lot of vocals over. But it's... Generally, for us, it's always instrument... <laughs> yeah. You know, going back to that, it's instrument first. I mean... If if I mean you know it's been a long time since I've sat down and written some lyrics and if I did there'd probably be some kind of melody in my head probably just doing it just kind of like trying to get a feel and if you did the same if you if you tried to do like write some maybe the same would be, be with you but it's always for us it's always just you know it's go it's just natural to go instrument first so our, yeah the writing process is that is that and it just it's just changed over the years what that yeah of course it comes from the originally writing it down it kind of thing. Um, and also in more um, sort of formal music settings by which I'm sort of thinking about anything where you're getting other musicians involved and particularly in the sort of professional sphere, then there would be a written score, um, which is part of sort of writing music, which we've never written a score. Like I said, occasionally got some scribbled tab to help me remember a weird chord shape. Um, but beyond that, you know... Yeah, and I mean, and going back to like the writing stuff as an individual, maybe then mm. over, over over a group, it, it's it's. I think there's both ways can be. You know, it's like when you're writing in a group, it, it's so much is down to the chemistry and how you all get on and how you interact. Mm-hmm. Maybe how long you've been playing with each other as well comes a lot into it. The experience, because the more you play with someone, the more you kind of know what their tendencies are, what they might kind of go towards and you can kind of preempt that or kind of be like, okay, cool. You know, I can kind of see where you go. And there's a stylistic thing, um, you know, like, so when you and I jam, there's kind of like, there's certain little just tells that you and I yeah. can like kind of be like, okay, yeah, kind of, you know, and we kind of have a rough idea of what each of us might do. Of course, we surprise each other all the time, you know. And you never that's... surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go then. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm I, lying, I, he's very good. <laughs> but like, in, individu- individually, it's kind of like, I think when you try to do songwriting, and where you're, and 
nowadays there's loads of people releasing EPs where they kind of just write whole EPs like you know and are, they on their own and do everything like they're like literally the one man band mm. nowadays we see it on YouTube we are uh, there's loads of like bands and like I've, I've listened to and like you know there's like literally the person's just recorded it's uh, again I'm trying to stay away from the instrumental sphere because there are a lot of people yeah. doing that at the well, moment it's a, a different you know yeah, yeah. Um, but you do get get some of those and I think there's a kind of thing of like it's you, it, when you're doing it on your own there's a lot of like you have to be like really motivated and really kind of like feeling it because you're kind of feeding off your own ideas and it's yeah. you're you're putting all your energy into it and it's a, it's a case of like so okay you write a guitar riff and you're like okay cool and then you're like okay well we're sometimes I've found that sometimes I'm having to be really sometimes I'll just be like something will something will play and I'll just be listening and I'll, then I'll, I'll be like oh okay this can go here mm-hmm. and you, you'll try and then come other times you you, I, you can end up being really methodical because you're like it's just not clicking. What do I want? What's coming up next? I want... And sometimes you can like... And this is why sometimes <laughs> songs take ages to get written. You know? Um, and it'd be interesting... I mean, I don't know how you would do this, but to do a stu- uh, to do a study or look into... Does it take longer to... Like, maybe if you're trying to write a whole song, just... Or write a whole album worth of songs by yourself? Or does it... You know, with a band? Or mm. how does it... Like, you know... Because there's different processes and different people involved. Again, and then you could even go into it even further because different bands work in different ways as oh, well. Because yeah. no. you do get some bands where literally it's one person writing everything and he's literally like recorded the whole demo and then the rest of the band just come in just to record the stuff yeah. at the end. They're, they're right at the very end process. Sometimes they're not. They're just there to like even just play live. Yeah. Well, they, you know? Yeah, I mean, the closest I've been to that was my university band. Mm. Um, so the the only band that I've been in without Vishal. Um, uh, play, we, we tried with playing in circles, but eventually we needed a bassist and he was just sat there with his with his puppy dog eyes <laughs> and his bass. I wasn't even forcing it. I was like, and I, I and just... the fact that he had a car, which meant that we could get to gigs. <laughs> um, yeah. Cover, being a bassist just isn't enough to join the band nowadays. Now, driver, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, then you've got some serious currency right there. Um, no, so my, my, my university band... Um, Instrumental Jealousy. Um, we didn't really write collaboratively, um, but weirdly, it wasn't like one person who was writing. There was three of us. So, me, the other guitarist, and the singer were all songwriters, um, and so we would sort of bring a song to the group and then see what happened. And it was really interesting because that's where the arranging really changed, um, and the. Um, like one one of the songs, uh, a song actually called "Political Song." Uh, Was it political? Vaguely. Okay. Um, I mean, this was like one of the first songs that I wrote. So I wrote this, like back when we were in um, sit form, and this was like when I when I Before first went off to you. Yeah, yeah, when I first yeah. like downloaded Audacity and started <laughs> recording my own things. Um, Seriously, one one day I will bring out those old recordings wow. um, for the podcast, and we will savage my younger self. Um, <laughs> You're a brave man for doing that, man. I don't know if I can put myself through just listening to sixteen year old me again. <laughs> don't think I could put myself listening through twenty six year old me. <laughs> I can barely listen to you right now. I know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the, so so this was one of the first songs I wrote, um, and I had my own version of it, like as 
possibly the first song I ever recorded. Mm. Um, but when I I brought it to the band, the way the arrangement changed, um, sort of with suddenly having the the drums and the bass affecting the feel in a different. I started sort of playing the guitar differently. There was that other guitar part. Um, the the sort of lyrics were split between me and the singer, um, and actually, just because she was a very different singer to me, yeah. Um, I, um, my my range is is very low, and certainly like at that sort of age, my singing style was was very much a sort of low monotone. <laughs> um, genuinely, it took me fucking years to relearn how to sing after my voice broke. Um, <laughs> And so she, her voice was an octave or two or three higher than mine. <laughs> and so, like the first time I gave her one of my sort of demos, she was like, "I can't sing this." <laughs> um, and I was like, "No, no, it's all right. You can like change the melody, you know, like bump it up a bit." But not only did she change the octave, she also like improved the melody. That she had a fantastic ear for melody, and just sort of I could give my sort of <laughs> sort of very static singing <laughs> to her and know that it would turn into something good uh, and it's and it's one of those things where I may have written the song but the actual final sort thing, of yeah. final piece was very much a collaborative effort but then this is the thing where let's say if you had I mean we already know the answer to this uh, or you know obviously if you had just written a song as an individual it would have been a totally kind of different beast to what the, fi- the final thing... No, I'm saying I, I with, had with, written with, the song as an individual. If I'd released it as an individual, it would yeah. be a different thing. Yeah. But I mean, I'm saying that I, I in that situation, I, I literally did write the song. The song was was just for me. It was it was a complete song yeah. before it was brought to any of them. Yeah. And it was, in, in terms of my, my other definition, somebody could do a different version of it. Yeah. And as it happened, the people doing a different version of it was the band that I was in. Yeah. And so it... So like the you, actual song was still something I'd written, but the final piece was very much more than so, what I'd written. So that's where I guess, again, coming back to it, it's there's that you've done the songwriting bit, but then there's the arrangement bit, yeah, which has come in and tweaked things so that the final song is what it is. Mm. You know, because obviously if you had just left it as what you had done, the arrangement would be obviously different, yeah, kind of a totally different vibe. Um, yeah, so you know, and and that's that thing, and there's always that difference between you know when you just write yourself or when you get someone someone else involved and and whatnot so you know i mean the great thing is now uh you know i i when it comes to from my point of view for writing stuff i i will always like for my own ideas and stuff i will always like kind of write do the bass and maybe do like programming drums and if if i can afford it or if i can do it maybe maybe then you i would maybe eventually bring in an actual kind of drummer, you know, uh, to, to do it. But guitar-wise, get someone else in to, like, yeah. write their parts. But, I, you know, I will help. Again, there's that writing arrangement arrangement bit. But yeah, there are some people who are, obviously, um, who do everything. And then, so it's like, you know, they have to kind of, again, they have to feed off each other and they have to... Songwriting has so much, especially when it's this, it's so much about the intangibles and, like, just whatever. Sometimes it's... You just hear the hear that right thing or hear that thing at the right time. You're in the right headspace, yeah. and it's 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 so much about intangibles that you know. This is why you know people say, "Oh yeah, you can't teach." 
you can like teach the theory behind like yeah like putting a song together where it makes like musical sense you know I, I definitely think that you know you can of course you can you, there are plenty of people who are musically trained out there and they know oh yeah if I play these set of chords I can go to this chord this chord or whatever use this scale or use these modes and you know make this song like this but then there's about getting the feel in a song and that's just such a mm. I know, intangible I, I, thing that feel yeah and you know that makes some of the best songs like you yeah. know what they no, are songwriting is is more one of those things that you can learn than one of those things that you can teach yeah um in that we've been talking about this for like an hour and 10 minutes it might have been edited down by the time it gets to the listeners maybe not um but no we've been, like we've been talking about this for a while and it's we've really like not explained anything because it's such a massive topic we're talking about things it's it's something that you it's really hard to just like define and keep just putting like a box here a box there a box there so when you're talking about songwriting it's just such a big overarching thing and you talk from your point and I always I love hearing about like you know when we when we've watched documentaries on bands like when they've you know recording like mm-hmm. when they've written classic albums you know or whatever like you, you know we've watched documentaries about like Nevermind about like all these other all the bands like Beatles sure. Elvis all this stuff and it's just great always to hear these stories because there's a, a lot of it comes down to there's all these like intangibles like oh someone was like <laughs> well you know at one point somewhere and then that's like um, uh, you know like Guns N' Roses Sweet Child of Mine literally Apparently the band were just jamming one day and while they were like taking a break, so the story goes, Slash was had this riff that sounded like a play on the circus riff, you know, the intro, that which okay. then became the intro to Sweet Child of Mine. That did, it, did it. I'm not going to say it, but you all know it. <laughs> and if you don't, what the hell? But, you know, that riff, and apparently he was just messing around with it and Axel caught wind of it and was like, what's that? Play it again. So he started playing it, it started like, you know, coming out. Next thing you know, and then Axel started writing lyrics and it was about this girl he was going out with at the time, you know, I don't know whether she was his first wife or whatever, but, you know, he was early 20s in this like kind of very volatile relationship that had lots of highs and lots of lows kind of thing. And next thing you know, they've written this like ballad, Sweet Child of Mine, and it's this whole track and yeah, and it was written, and it's just kind of like, yeah, the, the the singer was there, heard this thing that the guitarist is just noodling about, and was like, hang on. And okay, it helps with someone like Axl Rose. He's got a very good sense of melody and like good sure, sense yeah. of like how to write a song, and they're all in that within that band, you know, they've, they've, they've written some amazing rock songs. So, you know, some of the biggest rock songs of all time. But I just love hearing that whole kind of how different bands and different people go through that process, yeah. and there's just oh yeah, you know, this came about because someone was at this point in this time. And it's, yeah, it's it's hard to kind of like quantify all of that. You know, it's it's a very kind of open-ended Yeah, so I think the, the point is that there's, the reason you can't sort of teach it, so to speak, is because there's no one way to do it. And that no. in many ways, you're almost having to discover a new way each time. Well, yeah, and... Well, I remember when we were in sixth form, and again, this is when loads of people were into their bands and stuff. And there were there were a few guys who were like into music, and a couple of them who did like performing arts and stuff. And they were like, "Oh yeah, we might be we're going to go to this evening class of learning how to write a song, like songwriting class." They'd found some evening classes at a local place, 
And to, I found it even, you know, I think by this point you and I had like written a couple of songs or whatever, but I'm not saying we were any, but I found the whole concept of that just really odd. And I, you know, I wasn't like, you know, I was still learning a big time and in terms of my, my musical instrument and just trying to learn about music. But I was just like, how do you go about teaching that? What do you do? do you, is it just going to be like, analytical process look at like some of the biggest songs and be like oh this is what was done you should maybe think about yeah. this this and it. it's because you're trying to form make it formulaic and I mean, so with songwriting the sort of there are sort of three steps to getting good at songwriting step one write a song yeah step two write a better song step three repeat step two ad infinitum <laughs> yeah exactly just keep writing songs so Either, um, you know, it's possible that uh, uh, any decent songwriting teacher is more mostly just going to be like, your homework is to write a song, next week I will sort of tell you why it's crap, and then your homework will be to write a better song, and next week I'll tell you why it's better than the last one, but still crap. <laughs> and then your homework for the next week, you know. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I'd like to to wrap up this songwriting stuff by chatting about the most difficult song that we've written so far. As, um, a, as a band, yeah. As and, a, and, yeah. And certainly, certainly lyrically. Lyri- um, yeah, definitely lyrically, because... I, I think musically, it came, went more towards the easy end of the spectrum. Yeah, because you guys, you and George had the riffs. We No, in fact, I rem- it, it kind of went both ways with that. It went easy end, because... You guys had decided I was going to sing on a song. Yes. So yes. you guys were like, right, that's it, Vish. You're singing on the song. And I'd kind of be like, mm, do I, you know, I mm, don't know. Because in my last band, I'd done a lot of like yeah, being yeah. frontman, dual vocalist. And I was just like, I'm happy to just play bass and occasionally go into the mic. Oh, you know, do <laughs> I don't want to be front and center anymore. But you guys were like, no, we want you to do. So you guys were like, right, what kind of song would you be comfortable singing? And like, what kind of like style? That's right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, Maybe something like grungy, acousticy, and I remember pointing you guys in the direction of Alice in Chains. Um, right, yeah. Song got me wrong. The unplugged version, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love, and it's got that. It's you know, it sounds beautiful as a acoustic because it's got the grungy kind of like acoustic bass, yeah, yeah. acoustic guitars, and the vocals are amazing. So you guys had listened to that, and we were listening to a lot of, like just grungy music and getting vibes from it, and then you guys started coming up with this riff. Um, and obviously it was like right it's going to be quite, quite acoustic it's not going to be like really really like dirty or anything and you were kind of like making sure that it was written in a way where I could definitely sing and do melodies over it you know so you were kind of trying to make it as easy on me yeah at least melody wise <laughs> it's, it's also I, I also want to uh, credit Dan in the the songwriting part for that one because when we were coming up with the riffs even though we weren't in the rehearsal room like we yeah. created it in in, we were like just hanging out at George's. When I think so, yeah. Um, and Dan, I think I can't remember if he had some drumsticks with him or whether he was just like tapping on stuff. But he was there, sort of like setting up the rhythm, and that definitely gave it that a lot of that sort of momentum that it, the song has. Yeah, and that the reason why it has that sort of slightly different drive to some of the songs that we'd come up with in, in bedrooms before yeah. um, is is because we had Dan there sort of adding that element to it. 
Yeah, and so, yeah, you guys had the initial idea, and by this point we were, like, a full band, so we kept going into practice rooms, yeah. like, nearly every week. So, there was, like, most of the song there, so you you guys had it, then me and Dan kind of were able to get into the mm-hmm. groove of it, I was able to add some bass lines on it as well, trying to keep them simple at the same time, because, you know, at, at one time we were thinking, well, I'm going to have to sing this and play bass at yes. the same time, and Dan was laying down his bass grooves as well, and we... And then I think maybe like this, there was a part of the song, maybe the second part of the song where that you've got the solo and where the song really kind of goes into its crescendo, where I think we kind of jammed a lot of it out. There. Yeah, I think that's one where the structure came yeah. as, a, as a four piece. Yeah, and because there was the, the idea... The riffs were brought to the practice room, yeah. but then the, the actual song structure came out. And it, yeah, and it was kind of that thing that... You guys had decided, right, I'm going to do some vocal, I'm going to do a song. You were like, right, let's do a song that he's comfortable to sing or try and use some ideas and sounds and kind of, you know, things that I can I can work with. And we kind of knew we were going a slightly grungy kind of vibe. And then, yeah, we all came together to start, like, <laughs> writing it. And then the, it, then the structure was there. And that was when we were always writing with structure in mind because it was like, well, there's definitely going to be some vocals over this. There's going to be... We don't know... But what. also, even if it's an instrumental, it needs a structure. Yeah. Um, that I think as musicians, an hours-long amorphous jam is the best. <laughs> Love it. Nobody wants to listen to that. No. no. It's um, only the people who are in the moment that want yeah. to, who care about it. Yeah. If you're, if you're on the outside looking in, you're like, you might not connect with the vibe. No, so if you, if you actually, but, but yeah. that, that's where we, you guys were thinking like, there's there's got to be a verse and a chorus there, and then the, the next bit went a bit different. But there's definitely got to be a verse, chorus, verse. Like there's got to be some structure there, and you know we've got to try and figure out. And I think wasn't it pretty much just set that in terms of we kind of knew how long each bit was. So we, the, the verse was going to be this bit, the chorus was going to be this bit. Back to well, yeah. It, I mean, it wasn't so much we were thinking of it in terms of verse chorus as. Right, we've played this riff this many times. That feels like it. The na- the number of times that riff should be played. So we'll move on to this riff for a bit, and then move back to that riff. So it wasn't necessarily that we were thinking it had to be in terms of verse chorus kind of thing. Just how many times that riff wanted to be played before we moved on to something else. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, we had that, and we had that for a while while we were trying to sort of work out what the lyrics should be. Yeah. Um, and I think the actual decider of what the lyrics should be came from a, a comment from you saying that you could sort of imagine a music video to it being a big old bar and brawl. Yeah, it gave me the vibe of like kind of, yeah, some kind of like Western kind of vibe and yeah, a yeah. bar and brawl. So there was that initial idea. And then... And yeah, and so it's like, well, if you're, if you're, getting, if you're getting an image of it, follow that. But the, the most important thing there was where you suddenly decided, I want to write a story within the lyrics. The lyrics are going to tell off a story, because I remember I was listening to... And I decided that before you... No, so okay, it, right. it was kind of, it was, so we, um, I going back around then, I was listening to like Revocations, like first and second albums quite a lot. And um, there was a track on there called Leviathan, which... I'd listened to a lot and then one day I was like just looking at the lyrics as you do because I wanted to and then and the more I concentrated I was like oh wait this actually tells a whole story Mm. it it tells a story of like some people going on this like expedition under the sea and they come across this leviathan 
and suddenly they wake up the Leviathan and the Leviathan ends up like taking the whole crew yeah. and everyone in there and it told the story in such a way and when you actually looked at the lyrics yourself because you'd heard the song before but then and you were like oh that's really cool and then you decided that's what I want to do with, with like it's, that kind of thing it's not it's not just looking at the lyrics. It was it was reading the lyrics while listening to the song. That you know that is a, a great example of the song as a, as a whole because the lyrics they do tell the story, but if you just read the lyrics, it's a really boring version of the story. Yeah, the uh, the lyrics are telling everything in very sort of clear, simple way, and all the feeling and emotion of it is carried because of the music that's you need to listen to it to get that yeah um and so yeah that's the sort of vibe we were going for knowing that as long as the the lyrics have got the <laughs> at least the minimum we we can ca- trust the the music and the melodies to carry the rest um but yeah that that then left us in a situation of having to write a barroom brawl yeah um, which neither of us had ever done before. And nobody had ever done before. Uh, 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 Prove me wrong. If anybody else like has written a song which like choreographs choreographs bar and brawl, send it in to me, and I'll I'll start next episode with an apology. But no, so <laughs> we we knew that we wanted to to very much have the story of the bar and brawl, and the way that we, and that's obviously like a very chaotic thing to do so we didn't want to sort of be bogged down in it being sort of like cumbersomely over over describing stuff so we sort of we we looked at the structure of the song and the way the the song goes is yeah there is that sort of first half and then there's a sort of false finish kind of thing and then it sort of builds up until it gets really big and there's like solos and stuff and so that that point where it's sort of building up just before the solo we we put the actual sort of action in there in a very sort of stream of consciousness kind of blah, 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 that sort of way. Yeah. Um, but sort of trying to work out what that was, who knows? Well, so the first half of the song was then... We had to set it up. Set it up, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, how does this barroom... How does this barroom brawl originate? It can't just, just happen. There has to be something that sets it off into motion. It's like, okay... Well, we will have a character. That's you know, you had the idea of we will have a character who comes, walks into this bar, and starts off by just pissing everyone off one by one. Starts pissing off certain people by the saying certain things or doing certain things, and it it gets to a point where he's then ended up pissing off like the wrong person, where they don't take it like kind of like that, and then the first hit is kind of thrown, and then you know chaos. Yeah. ensues and then you get your bar, typical barroom brawl like you've seen in many western films absolutely you know. and yeah the fact that this is um, a sort of archetypal scene did a lot of the heavy lifting for us and so when we we knew if we're going to have this character pissing off everybody we can use that time to like establish at least a, a room full of uh, I'm going to say characters but they are these are pretty minimal characters. They are like using Western archetypes, um, and then 
Oh yeah, we're using all the cliches yeah, yeah, absolutely. In, the, in the in the genre of like the Western archetypes, films. archetypes, cliches. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're using all the cliches. Um, <laughs> but there's no way we could give them all like a really structured no, background, you know. Time. But, but like, we we tried. I I thought I'd brought out the right notebook, but I think actually we did this. We wrote this one in a notebook that you've got. Yeah. Uh, if Vishal can find it, he'll um, stick some yes. photos of it up on social media because the sort of lengths that we had to go to to do this, we basically wrote like several pages of biographies for as many sort of, of these cliched Western characters, giving you know a bit of a spin on each of them, but you know thinking okay, we're gonna have we're gonna have the madam, we're gonna have the card shark, uh, we're gonna have you know the 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 dodgy sheriff, the dodgy sheriff, yeah, all all these these things. And we try to sort of, yeah, give our own versions of them and try and work out what interaction they could have with this arsehole that would kind of establish them in a way. And so, like, already the amount of sort of background work that we've had to do, so each, you know, for the, that first half, each line of the song needed, like, a paragraph of backstory for us to get our heads around. Yeah, and, I don't think... Because if we had just tried to sit there and just be like right now we're going to write these we're going to just write these lyrics we'll have the music in the background we would have just been there for hours just looking at a blank page yeah. there would have been just too many ideas filtering through our head to try and we needed to formulate them in some way we had to like filter them down so that we could formulate them and then like finally turn them into a set of lyrics which is why you did the like whole kind of like you know putting this short backstory together so that we could get our heads around it yeah know? and it's the only a, way for us yeah. to work and it's not necessarily that you listening to the song you need to know everybody's backstory but we needed to know everybody's backstory to write those bits of the song yeah so that it made sense to us and we kind of we had the direction of the song and we knew how it was going to go and how it was all like laid out because you know there were going to be a series of events were going to happen and there was going to be a cause and effect thing and we needed to make sure we've got it all kind of plotted out you know in a timeline of right this happens and this happens and this happens causing all of this yeah, because kind of that's what the song is. Yeah, and this like is what I'm thinking about when I'm sort of thinking about that sort of hard songwriting. It's not hard because you've got nothing to say, or hard because you you don't know what you're doing. It's hard because it's just some things are complicated, and you can't always, you know, there, there are. I'm glad that we wrote that song, and there's no other way that we could have written it, written it rather than spending. I can't even remember how long doing all the details and then obviously like that's only the first half of the song we then have to try and describe a fight scene in a way that conveys what's happening and fits into the and fits track. into yeah the, because by because, this point the track was was set yeah no we we'd been playing this like several times and we had the demo every kind week. of recorded um, in fact I think we had I, most I of it this recorded was, well this whether this was before or after we started doing ourselves um like speed runs of it like the song, I think the recording is like six minutes, and we managed to, to get it's like just under, under six minutes, yeah. yeah. And we managed to get under four when we were playing it in the studio. We at, were, at which point, even when we even did the speed runs, once the lyrics were written, I did not even. No, he, no, he couldn't. <laughs> I just couldn't because there's so much going on there that even in the song on its. <laughs> yeah. So we we were we were very attached to the structure of the song. There was no chance of changing that, so we had to try and like cram all this in. Um, the way that we ended up sort of structuring it for ourselves was, and as I say, I hope this can find it because it's ridiculous that we ended up doing this. We we drew a map. 
Um, I, I, I drew, drew a bird's eye view yeah, of we, like, the bar. We drew the layout of the bar where everybody the was... Yeah, the saloon. Um, where everybody was sitting so that we knew that when he came in in the, in the first half of the song, he was sort of going around the bar and we, we knew where everybody was sitting and so that we knew when that person there tried to punch him, he'd miss and, and hit that prostitute and she'd throw a drink at him and that shotgun would go off. And, and so we'd like... This is the thing, because when you... And again, this is like taking the, the thing off your typical barroom brawl when you watch it on in the film or all these like Western movies and even like, you know, comedy like Westerns. It's always like someone like throws a punch. It ends up hitting the wrong person they then like grab like maybe a chair and it then hit someone yeah. else and that's how the the yeah. brawl ensues and you kind of have if we're going to describe that we got we've got to know how it's going to happen we can't just be like oh yeah he 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 throws a punch boom yeah. <laughs> everyone's fighting yeah, exactly yeah, yeah and it's sort of, you know in in terms of the actual narrative we're we're telling it's like you know we're not saying that we've reinvented the wheel here no but the the point is that it's we sort of knew what we wanted to do. And to do it properly required a certain amount of work. Yeah, um, it just it just was not for everything that the song was. It was just it was just not possible to be one of those where, say, you sat down and wrote a bunch of like, ideas or just lyrics, and you know then I might have whittled it down or we might have written them together. We did get to the point where we then uh, once we had the idea and we knew, we choreographed everything, then we started turning it into lyric format. Yeah. And at that point, you and I sat down and wrote things and we wrote words and we had the music on in the background and I was kind of like humming melodies and just being like, yeah. okay, does this fit here? How will I sing this bit here? You know, just to be like, do these words fit? Do I need something else? Different syllables? Yeah, I think like that having the music playing is is of fundamental importance. Yeah, you definitely lyrics. needed that. You, you need to have something that is getting your brain into that particular flow. Yeah. Um, even if you're not like necessarily like singing them as you write, even if you're just sort of, like writing words, you kind of need to have that sound to get the the flow right. Um, yeah. It and it meant that we were like looping bits of songs that for so long that anybody sort of who could overhear it would be a bit worried about us. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, and and that that I mean that's probably like when it comes to lyrics, by far the most yeah. detailed process I've ever been a part of. Never done anything like that before. Might not ever do. I don't even Nothing, know. I, I would never do anything quite like that. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like crazy. Just the whole process of the song because it was like from the very start. It was like you guys were like, right, you're doing a, you're you're, you're going to be singing a song, definitely. And I was like, okay. And it was like, right, you know, we're going to do something that Taylor made to you to make it as easy to make it something that you're going to enjoy, not easy, but enjoy, and we're yeah. all going to enjoy playing. And because the EP has all slightly different vibes Nothing of songs, playing in circles was ever easy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then it's and then it's like okay, well this sounds like, and then you know you're sitting there listening to it, and it's like okay, well this reminds, this makes me think of this, and then, yeah, and then you know it's that whole kind of we got the suddenly you know we listen to a track uh, from another band and we get get that idea, you get that idea, and then yeah we formulate it, and that's that's how Dead Jack Salute <laughs> yeah. came about. So yeah. What I will say is, like, obviously, if I will put a link in uh, the in the description for to check out Dead Jack Saloon or for all the like tracks from the Playing in Circles EP. It's on the Orbital Decay um, Bandcamp page and the Playing in Circles Bandcamp page. But for you guys to get a better context of it, 
go and have a listen if you want. It's I, it was quite it was a fun song to do, you know. I I did enjoy it, um, and it was so it was so different in terms of songwriting. You know, it's something like you said. It was something. There was a specific outcome we wanted, and we had to go through all these bits to get there. And it was it was kind of like we had to be very cerebral about it. Yeah, you know, we couldn't just. <coughs> it was almost. We wanted the feel and everything, but we couldn't just be like, "Oh, I'm just going to like you know." First thing that comes into that it comes into our head, we went, we didn't go down that route. But I think it worked out really well. But yeah, so I would definitely say check out the track so you guys have maybe some context about yeah, um, we're what not is the song this about? This the, is like you know, you know, we really did this. Um, <laughs> yeah, song about no. barroom. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we we finish up in our usual way of. Uh, what have you been listening to recently? <laughs> so, um, I've been listening to a couple of things. Um, so, there's a guy called Stephen Torrento, who's an Australian guitarist, who's one of the guitarists and primary like songwriters in the band called the Helix Nebula, which mm-hmm. I've mentioned, I think, a while back in yeah. what I was listening to. So, he released his own um, EP a, a few weeks ago. Of course, it's, it's a, it's a five-song instrumental EP, um, and it's also got the bassist from Helix Nebula and also the bassist for Pliny, um, Simon Grove, on it. And he's also produced it as well. And I like his production techniques and I love his bass playing as well. He's become one of my like favourite bass players mm. around. And uh, yeah, the EP got released uh, a couple of weeks ago now. And man, uh, it's just been blowing my mind. I've like listened to it through God knows how many times and I just love it. Just the level of technicality that's going on in there and the way the songs just go all over the place. I'm yeah, just, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. You you heard a couple of the tracks today. I, I just like, I listen to it and I'm, I'm listening to what the guitars are doing, what the bass is doing and all the other elements. I would love to be able to at some point. Uh, I'm nowhere near it to get to a point where maybe potentially one day I can <laughs> play some of those bass lines because they're, they're amazing. So that's been one I've been listening to. Definitely check it out. I'll put links again in description but it's out on Spotify and all other places and it really is. it's a really really cool EP um, there are some meaty songs in there there's like an 8 minute and a 10 minute track it's not the shortest EP in the world but oh man it's just like you know it, 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 there's loads of people like on Instagram and stuff who just like man this guy's just taking guitar to a whole other level even Tosin Abassi himself is like coming out and saying yeah it's just crazy and then after that um, Periphery released their new album yesterday Periphery mm-hmm. 4 Hail Stan! <laughs> I love that title because obviously it's a play on Hail Satan. Um, and it's... Thanks for explaining. <laughs> well, hey, some people, man, you know. Um, um, actually, uh, the two members of Periphery is, uh, were like, uh, were trying to explain who Stan is because people are like, who is Stan? And uh, the, the front man, uh, Spencer Sotillo, was like, Stan is a fuckboy. <laughs> so, yeah, right. who knows who Stan is? Stan is whoever you want him to be, but hail Stan. Um, and it's, um, it, I mean, it starts off with this 15-minute track, which is absolutely amazing. And it is, uh, periphery, I'm knocking out the park. It's, some of the tracks are some of the most heaviest tracks they've ever done. Um and yeah, it's I've I've been listening to it a couple of times. They even do this kind of like their own take on like a kind of a pop punk song as well, which I kind of actually am enjoying. But it's one that's going to divide a lot of people. Right. Um, and the thing about Periphery is, I know the vocalist divides a lot of people. You, yeah, you yeah. either like him or you don't. Kind of like he's very. It's very Marmite. I like it because you know personally, it's just I love his range. He can go really high, and he's like this 
It's just, it's amazing. And to be fair, when he does the growls as well, especially on this album, they are super aggressive. Um, but I also like his cleans. But mm. I, so I need to, I've listened to the album through once and I've listened to a couple of other tracks like once or twice, but I need to like sit down and listen to it again from start to finish a couple of more times. But I'm enjoying that so far as well. So yeah, what about you? Uh, recently, it actually sort of does tie into some of the stuff we've been talking about, listening to... Um, the new album uh, it's called Living the Dream by uh, Keith Top of the Pops and his UK minor celebrity indie all-star backing band that's a great name I, I think I've got that in the right order um, uh, and it's a, a great album um, The there's a song Thirst for Adventure um, which is sort of I, I, I kind of think is probably typical of what Fez is going to be like on the stag too. <laughs> um, the, uh, my, I mean, my favourite song on there is one called Burn It, Burn It All, um, which is a... Very metal. No. <laughs> um, it's a great breakup song. Uh, uses a lot of actually arrangement tricks that I just love. I mean, it's got the sort of male and female vocals sort of telling the two sides of the oh, stories. Okay. Um and just sort of the way that the song sort of builds up. He's he's got very like his his singing is not great, but that's this kind of feature and the lyrics are very sort of witty and the kind of sort of like um art brute, um uh half man, half biscuit, you know, those okay, sort of yeah, bands. Yeah. yeah. Um it's you know, it's, it's like it's not like they're not comedy songs in the sense that they're sort of funny songs that you can only listen to once because they're not actually good songs. They're, they're like proper songs that happen to be funny. You know? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, probably the most relevant to what we've been talking about uh, is a song, uh, actually I'll, I'll play in a bit, called Sixth Form Band. <laughs> um, I've, I've already got an idea is, of how it might sound in my head. It and it links back to everything that all the six form bands that you and I were in and yeah. all the others others bands no it like. has the worst distortion I've ever heard in a professionally released track and it's fucking perfect what, like a, a boss like either a metal zone or a DS1 into like some practice yeah <laughs> like into an old beaten up PV bandit or like yeah. line six spider kind of yeah. like and it's it's just sort of got all that sort of ambition that was exactly <laughs> what we were talking about, and it's just sort of. But yeah, no, the the guitar sound is just is just the exact right, exactly what I'm sure it was probably exact the exact recipe that you was saying through yeah, like a Boss DS one for a PV <laughs> band bit that's that's too small to compete with the drums, or just yeah, seen better days, you know, yeah, because yeah. it's just been yeah, no, it's into like the ground. fourth hand, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's been like going around for like. 20 years, the cone's never been changed, nothing's ever been changed, like, the front is all coming apart, oh man, yeah, you can just yeah. imagine, and that, like, plastic bit, like, the foam is showing underneath, you know, it's just because, like, that kind of plastic, whatever it is on the top is just peeling away, yeah, yeah, you can just picture it in my head now, yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds cool. So, yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Yeah, I mean, again, we could have, we could keep talking for hours on this and yeah, I'm, no. I'm sure I'm, at some point I would definitely like to do a conversation on maybe more like arrangement side and even looking at like instrumentals kind of thing um, yeah uh, because you know um, I've tried to keep away from it it's been difficult for yeah, yeah. because my at the moment where, where I'm at I've been listening to a lot but it'd be definitely cool but yeah I mean like we've said man there's there's no there's definitely no wrong or right way 
to to songwriting. It's just about just keep doing it, and yeah. and you'll just kind of like. I think it's one of those things where experience helps so much because you can then learn from the past and be like, oh, maybe this didn't sound that good. And you know, we've all been there where we've written a song and then it's kind of like, oh, well, I could kind of evolve this song into a different song. You know, you take the ideas from an old song and evolve it uh, because of your experience and stuff. And yeah, just like if you're out there like starting at the starting point of your journey, just go out there and write as many songs as you can. Yeah, I feel like now, like I think we should make next time um, have a a little critique of my first EP Um, because I've I've got it um, and I think I've learned a lot since then. (laughs) <laughs> you've played with like so many other people since then been in so many other bands done so many different kind of things yeah so, okay, so there's, there's something to look forward to for next episode yeah but for now make sure follow us on Bandcamp and you can check out all the EPs it'll all be there Orbit, you just search for Orbital Decay Records or Playing in Circles and if you want to listen to Mark's stuff just search for Mark Crabtree yeah, uh, Bandcamp. You'll but find go it. To, uh, go for Orbital Decay Records. It's got everything. It's got everything from Mark stuff, my uh, my stuff to playing in circles, all all, all the all the stuff in this is just one place to go and have a look at it. And uh, follow us on Twitter if you want, and follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, we do post updates there occasionally as well. So until next time, guys. Yeah. Keep on rambling. Exactly. Yep. See you later. <laughs> Let's do that again. I was going to say, yeah, just make, make sure I was going well, to do Can it. I not introduce a catchphrase at the last minute? Yeah, yeah. Keep on rambling. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, do a proper yeah, yeah. goodbye. <laughs>